Hello and welcome to Parents Just Don't Understand, a podcast about children's media, parenting, and the nature of childhood. I am Kurt. And I am Denise. So today we are going to be talking a little bit about age-appropriate media, kind of the whole the whole concept of what makes something age-appropriate, what makes something age-inappropriate, what are kind of the constraints that you're placing upon yourself and your children by uh, trying to adhere to something like that, and is that even a good thing, or, or is it something that you can just kind of uh, totally disregard? Um, and uh, this is, I think, one of those things we're going to have kind of Maybe maybe not divergent between the two of us because I think we're pretty much on the same page. But this this might be uh, an unusual take, um, especially I think in terms of of uh, parents media. Um, but before we get to that, uh, it is almost Halloween time, and I know you know what actually scratch that. I'm gonna say it is Halloween time. Um, I have uh, I I am an avid fan of uh, the posting, and I've been a posting about um, the fact that Halloween should start earlier. And this is something we have uh, now undertaken in our households. Um, big ups to Denise for um, spookifying uh, our house. What is uh, this? Howl Owen? Yes, Howl Owen. Yes. Um, all, all Hallows Ian, uh, I, I believe <laughs> they, they called it in, in the Elden times. Yes, uh, I take great joy in the very, like, campy, hokey uh, craft decor that I put in our home on a seasonal basis. Um, And I I also process efficiency the decor by making sure that, you know, our our orange spooky lights on the porch can easily stay through... um, that holiday that's at the very end of November. Okay, so so uh, I I would say that I am a Halloween partisan. Um, I I believe that we are part of the Halloween vanguard, and we are reclaiming a chunk of the year from the encroaching forces of Christmas. I have nothing against Christmas, or you know other other solstice, winter solstice uh, adjacent holidays, or or non holidays, and just blocks of time. I, I think it's a it's a great time of year. It's it it means a lot to me in a variety of respects, but uh, Halloween has gotten short shrift, and I would say that um, the whole harvest season in general has gotten short shrift and has been reduced to this notion, especially of, of with, with like kids, like kids stuff. I, ha- Halloween and this whole like the fall was so important to me as a kid, and I feel like it's gotten reduced here in the year of 2019 to like pumpkin spice stuff and then trick-or-treating and sweater weather and that's it that's all anyone talks about anymore and there's a whole there's a whole continuum and universe of like well kid stuff and i feel like my uh my i don't know my introduction to this extended halloween uh time period was back when we started going to those zombie prom events. Oh, yeah. And it was always the last weekend of September because you're supposed to be ushering in the season of, of you know, spookiness. Yeah, spooky. Um, but now I just feel like as soon as it's September, we're opening those gates, opening those doors. Come on, spooky times. And so I just really, um, when our three-year-old just really wanted to like embrace the spooky house stuff um i wanted to make sure that we were making it like campy and fun and uh and not and not scary i don't have a problem with it being like a little bit scary because i I mean i've spoken before at, at length about how i think that scary scary can be something totally nonsensical to a child like they can see something that should be scary but they don't understand it as scary and then on the other hand like they could think that um something that we think that adults think is totally commonplace they could be terrified of it right like when i when i think of things that i would not use as decor items i think about like gore type yeah well stuff. yeah 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 i don't right. want to live it in a murder house but right, i do want to exactly. live in a witch house yeah, <laughs> maybe so, so, you already do. Yeah, for probably. I, I think I think most people live in witch houses and just don't notice it. But yeah, it's <laughs> and it's 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 and so 
uh, especially in the context of I think um, the you know the podcasting world, we definitely want to do a bunch of of Halloween spooktastic stuff. I'm gonna say yeah. we have probably some multiple episodes worth of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I feel planned. like I feel like we're gonna be doing a Spooktober theme. Yeah, I think so. I think so it's, it's gonna be cool. So if you have any Spooktober ideas, make sure you send them to us. Yes, definitely. Yes, please do. Especially, um, I posted a poll. Uh, on Twitter a couple weeks ago about like what I, I forget what the two films I, I referenced but kind of like family friendly horror films like like Beetlejuice kind of and I basically the, the question was or like the Adams Family films like is this are these horror films are they comedy films are they, like what what would you consider them like like spooky like yeah. comedy films I like, know I noticed on the like Amazon digital platform that they actually do have a category called children's horror. And I was sort of horrified because I don't necessarily, <laughs> I don't necessarily want anything. I don't want any sentence to have the word children and horror in it, but also I am not a fan of horror. So I was just really like, it really was very nerve-wracking to see those two words next to each other because it makes you think that it's going to be scary, I guess. Do you, do you think I can convince you to watch at least uh, a little... I, I mean, we've like we've watched Hocus Pocus and stuff. That's not really horror, though it has some, some kind of spooky I stuff. I don't know. What about, like, I... what about like, like Lost Boys? I've never seen that. Oh, really? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. I mean, I thought Beetlejuice was very scary. It was. When it, I it was, was scary when I was a kid. That, 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 that was uh, that was pretty freaking scary. When I, I was a think kid. it was. I think I thought it was so scary because a, it was not a cartoon, and b, it was about like ghosts and dimensions and stuff. Which the sandworms were scary too. Yes, exactly. Uh, kind of like Tremors. The the themes and the topics and everything that were in the film were are things that I you know I still to this day believe could technically actually exist right like I think that there are you know there could be ghosts I'm not gonna say it you know I don't know I don't you know there could be um and like there could be other planets and other dimensions and other like blah 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 because you know if there's not that's an awful waste of space well, there, there, there definitely are um, sandworms because uh, Dune is a documentary, and that has sandworms. And actually, in in my head, when I was a kid, this, you know, talk, talking about like how kids perceive the world, in my head, I I kind of thought I think that um, Dune, Tremors, and Beetlejuice were in some way interrelated because they all had like big worm creatures that were like attracted to sound in some way and I don't know I don't think you've you've seen uh Dune but there's I very specifically have not Well it's not I mean it's it's not a horror film it just it just happens to also have like giant sound but they're very they're very big they're very much much bigger than that I think I never read Dune because I read an article one time that it was like the most popular book in the genre of uh, young American males for some reason and I was is, like it, I was like is. well yeah, obviously is. I don't want to read what they're reading I yeah. want to read other stuff no it, it definitely <laughs> is like one of those things and like like people who've read Dune will be like dude you gotta read Dune it's awesome and like it is good like like I do like it but 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 I digress I digress this is this is not a Dune <laughs> this is not a Dune episode but suffice this, to say this is a pre preamble to our spook fest I'm sorry that's right no 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 um yeah, uh, yeah. So, so keep an eye out for Spooktober content, and if you have anything that you especially want us to <laughs> to talk about, you know, we're we're we want to. Oh man, there's so much. There's so much good um, stuff. To, we to also uh, we also will be running a uh, a costume contest. So um, stay tuned for what that prize will entail. For like, oh, this this is news to me. Is this like Kid, family costumes? Kids, family, pets. We've never done Neighbors. a costume that more than one person on our trick or treating has got. I know. We did Bob's Burgers last year, and that was a, that was a pretty good costume, um, in uh, my opinion. I wore I wore a second mustache on top of my actual mustache 
And I was like three months pregnant, so I had zero energy, and I was like, "What? What is the most frumptastic costume I can wear?" And I was like, "Yes, red red shirt, bottom apron, done." And then you just have to go, "My babies!" Yeah, my babies. Um, what, um, what, what did we do the year before? Um, we did Little Mermaid. Oh, that's right. And I was King Triton, and and it scared it scared our our three year old. That's right. Because so you you wore the big Santa beard <laughs> again. I wore I wore a fake beard over top of my actual beard. Every so maybe like, that's your theme. Yeah, every costume I have to have like facial hair, but it's not facial hair that I have at that at that time or that is recognizable for the. Um, for and the then thing. for for Kayla's first Halloween that she was with us, um. I went to her school Halloween event because she was only like seven, six or seven that's months right. old. And I was Miss Frizzle and she oh, was right. Liz the Lizard. That's right. That was, that was, that was cute. That was cute. Yeah. Do we so, still have the lizard costume? Uh, uh, maybe? I don't remember. But, yes. An- yeah. but Annabelle's going to be a kitty cat. That's true. Because yes. we are currently working on Kayla's costume. She wants to be true from True in the Magic Kingdom. That's right. So we've been working on that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't so know who Annabelle, I'm going to be, though. And, well, I, I don't think you and I will dress up because it's just really uh, the two of them. Okay. I, I mean, I'm going to be Furiosa for work. Oh, that's right. I haven't, I haven't decided who, who, who I'm going to be. I, you, I feel like... like, like I mean, the obvious one would be to, to, to go as Max Rockatansky, but that's just an excuse. You're shaking your head, but that's that's just an excuse for me to buy, like, like a cool leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you would want to be the um the guitar guy. In oh, the, the Doof in Warrior. The, His name is the Doof Warrior. The Doof Warrior in the, in the Ridge Runner, like, uh, <laughs> union suit. <laughs> I don't know. Because you could strap your your base on That's and true. get like a mask. That'd be hard though. That the, the base is kind of heavy, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so <laughs> so again, our theme for tonight is about age appropriateness, and um, this is something that we kind of started. I, I think we had been talking about this as kind of a, a, a topic early on because interestingly we started this podcast and never really addressed the notion of like what constitutes mm-hmm. children's media um and I, I think just to kind of calibrate for anyone who who happens to not be a parent and is, and is listening or maybe um, this is your first episode welcome yeah welcome <laughs> welcome uh we we have digressions and we like halloween and, and we're now we're gonna talk about kids stuff um when you become a parent you enter into this like realm where everything is broken down by pretty narrow age ranges so like when like people will start giving you stuff like uh there's the there's like music cds like baby like baby einstein stuff where it's like beethoven but specifically beethoven for one month to six months and then there's or or no no no, we're gonna make it cool for you so it's it's beatles but it's uh, in instrumental lullaby form right. yeah, that it's, is it's, very appealing to young children. I feel like all that stuff is just like we we took music and and we played it with like a xylophone synth, basically. Yes. And then sometimes they have like hand claps or or, or something. And it can be yours for twenty four ninety five. So spoilers uh, for where we come down on this. We really don't think I think as a as a as a unit as a parenting unit that um age stuff is is uh, makes all that big of a difference for most things for some things i think it definitely does um if anything i think that it's easier to exclude things than it is to include things for a certain age bracket in terms of like okay this is not this is not going to work like i i remember yes. here, here's a good example um there's a whole bunch of uh Cartoons all have kind of a similar aesthetic. Um, Steven Universe is one that um, we like a great deal and have watched a bit of with our daughter. Uh, there's another. There's there's Adventure Time, which we've watched a little bit of, but she wasn't like super into. Um, there's uh, Being Puppy Cat, and we'll. To, I think we'll talk much more at length about Being Puppy Cat and 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 uh, Steven's Universe. But um, there was another one. The She-Ra cartoon, where we started showing that to her, and A, she wasn't really into it, but B, we were like, mm, this is a little bit, like, it's not it's not inappropriate, 
but it just was like, eh, she's not gonna, like, this is very, like, kind of high stress for the most part, and she's not really into it, and sometimes if, um, if our three-year-old isn't into something, we'll be like, well, let's just give it a little bit, um, but I think, I think that's an example of something we were like, this isn't, this isn't inappropriate, but it's not necessarily, like, the, the perfect fit for right now. Right, and it, it didn't really have any kind of like an educational kind of component. And like some of the things that we watch aren't necessarily educational, but it might have like an emotional intelligence kind of component. Um, whereas I felt like Shira was a little, because there is like kind of a lot of fighting and weaponry, mm-hmm. it's a little, a little too intense for what I think the three year old is really like interested in. I think structurally that show was something that was, we kind of knew that it was not inappropriate, but it takes like an episode or two before it really gets to the part where it's princesses, which is why we were like, oh, she'll like this. Like she loved, and I, I think if we had skipped to one of those episodes, she, she probably would have. Um, whereas like Hilda, which we did a whole, a whole episode on recently, um, gets like right into the core stuff that we knew would appeal to our kids. Um, and so, like, I think that there's things structurally that can make things not be a perfect fit age-wise. But there's also, like, you mentioned emotional intelligence or, like, emotional, like, learning. And I think that's something that you can, you can acquire through, through almost, almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, uh, I feel like we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit. So let's, let's start at the very beginning. Um, what are some things that kind of get foisted upon you? Uh, at a very early age, just totally like that whole genre of like music for for babies. Well, I just want to start out with like nursery rhymes because I felt like I didn't have any. So I guess I just have this like idea of like sitting in the rocking chair and rocking the baby and singing and just like peaceful, wonderful, like just scenario. And I remember that. I could not remember any lullabies. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I couldn't remember them. Like, I remember that there were times when I was just so exhausted, I was just singing the alphabet song because I could not remember any yeah. lullabies. So I, so I guess that's my first thing, where, like, you think that those are appropriate, but actually, like, if you really think about them, some of those kids' lullabies are very inappropriate. Well, kids' lullabies also tend to be very short. And, like, one of the things about an actual lullaby where the intention is to, like, calm the child down is that it often has to go on for a while. Like, you're going to be singing oftentimes a verse or two where they're just screaming or crying. And then, and then they'll stop. So, like, um, there's, a, there's a book of, like, Disney illustrated nursery rhymes. It's from like the seventies, so like some of the stuff in it is is not appropriate for other reasons uh, that that we have in our older daughter's room. Um, and a bunch of the nursery rhymes are like two and a half lines long, mm-hmm. and it's like this happened, this happened, this happened, <laughs> the end. And it's like, well, this isn't like no child is going to stop screaming in that. But to me, more important is uh, when before kids have the power of language. I really don't think it matters all that much, like what sort of music you put on, as long as it's not like incredibly, like, like, like. Obviously, I'm not going to put like death metal on with like blast beats because it'll wake them up. But I at mean, the same time, we just we just played music when yeah. our kids were very young. I mean, in in their rooms when they're sleeping, they do really only have the music that is like in the little sound machine. Yeah. Which is, you know, an instrumental like lullaby ease. It's some gen- yeah, it's gen- some some gentle... like public domain, like classical sounding, like like twinkly yeah. lullaby thing. Um to to your point about um not remembering lullabies, I can usually remember quite a few of them, but uh, I got bored with singing them because, again, I usually only know one verse, and I, I presume that verses two through seven are like very, very racist, and that's why nobody sings them anymore. <laughs> but um, I used to sing like they might be giant songs, or um, there's a there's there's a band called AJJ, which is like a like a it's like a, like a, like an indie folk punk kind of like thrashy sounding not not thrash metal but like thrashy sounding band. And they have a couple songs that are kind of more slow and plodding, 
and sound kind of lullaby-y. And I would sing those, although there there were some, like, words in there. I would just go, nah, 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 nah. you know, because it's, like, stuff about, like, murder and blood. And I was like, well, I'm just going to kind of hum, 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 these particular uh, words. Or there's, yeah, there's there, there's a lot of songs that are mostly appropriate. And then there'll be, like, one one line that you're like, well... Um, I'm not going to sing this line. I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll tweak this one. Um, I would say that, uh, I know a few people that listen to those, like, kids lullaby CDs in their cars, and I don't think it's a bad thing to do, but those lullaby CDs make me sleepy. What's the point? Well, like, no, I mean, it's, you, you want the kids to sleep, but. Oh, yeah. But there's, but, but there's, they make me sleepy too. Well, so. to that point, like there's sleepy grown-up music. I listen to a ton of sleepy grown-up music. There's like there's um, like ambient music that I listen the, to, like Solar Fields and like Bonobo and stuff. That's no, all. No, like... the Spotify deep sleep playlist is legit. Yeah, yeah. Or um, <laughs> what's that one? Uh, there's that one public radio show. Well, there's 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 Sleepy Hollow, but then there's like Hearts of Space or something. That's yeah. That's uh, that's also like Valerie, just like ambient, calm, like sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like there's like you don't need to torture yourself listening to 10 different versions of like Beatles for babies. Like, well, just put just put the Beatles on and like turn the volume down a little yeah. bit lower or and this is this is kind of a, a crackpot theory that I have, I guess. Or um, don't turn the volume down because I, I really believe that if you make your house a little bit loud, your your kids from a very young age will get used to your house being kind of loud and like they're gonna they're gonna just get accustomed to not sleeping in total complete silence i think that's kind of good like neither of our kids are are light sleepers i'm not saying it's because of that but i am saying it's because of that but we also we also train them right we have sound machines in their rooms to like i mean um i guess really uh, Kayla is, is three years old, so she can she can decide on a daily basis whether or not she wants her sound machine to be on or not. And Annabelle's actually is on like a, a timer thing, so it goes off after you know X number of minutes, mm-hmm. um, which presumably she's already asleep by the time it mm-hmm. goes off. So, so my theory for why things are are broken down that way in these very narrow age ranges like zero to six months six to 18 months uh, unless it's for specific learning things like there are specific learning things where like the kids are acquiring this skill at this age and so like for toys for instance i think it's good to be like oh well this is where they start being able to perceive like differences in color so it's good to get this toy with flashing colors and lights that will appeal to this age but for something like music or like a tv show or, or whatever um you mentioned this before the show and i completely agree it's it's marketing it's to sell you stuff it's so that you have to you, you feel like you have to buy a new thing every 3 months and then okay i can't use this one anymore now we have to switch up to the to the 6 to 9 month version of of the the beethoven for baby cd yeah i i agree i think it's a de- i definitely think it's a total racket um i i also think that um, people are quick to say if they feel like something is inappropriate yeah. for that age range, right? So um, I wanted to call this show Kid Inappropes because I feel like I am more often judged for doing Ooh. something that people feel is inappropriate because it's outside of the norm of what is typically done yeah. with a three-year-old? Give me, give me an example. Um, uh, I mean, I guess like be and puppy cat, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, or or even like some of the books that we read sometimes. Um, like Kayla and I the other week we were flipping through the um illustrated version of the Harry Potter book, mm-hmm. and. I mean, obviously, we're we're not actually reading it, but we were just flipping through and looking at the photos because it's it's way too many words, way way too big of a book to yeah. capture her interest at this point. Um, or um, or I don't know. We were we were oh um we had a situation with a piece of litter 
and so then um to to sort of rectify the littering situation we um we're picking up garbage in our neighborhood mm-hmm. and uh like off the street and some of our neighbors were like that seems like a really odd thing to do with such a small child why yeah that's, that makes no so, sense like why uh i mean you're never too young to learn social responsibility i mean i i feel like people have have uh wildly divergent understandings of like what the capabilities of kids are at at, at different ages like oh yeah i had a coworker say that she thought that the chores we have for Kayla were too stringent. And I was like, well, she doesn't, <laughs> like, she doesn't really have chores. She has a hamper and a shoebox. And her responsibilities yeah. at the end of the day are to put her dirty clothes in the hamper and put her shoes inside the shoebox. Yeah. Other chores that she have is like, that she has is like, don't rub the yogurt on your face and don't pour the juice on the floor are the extent of the chores that she has. <laughs> right. And I was like, I was like, I don't necessarily think these are like stringent. Like we're not saying like put away the dishes. We're saying, you know, this thing is in your room. When you take your clothes off, put your yeah. clothes in there. And, and kids, kids understand that. And yeah. I, I think, I think part of this, I think part of this is just people forgetting, like uh, if, if they had kids or, or used or had been around kids a lot, it's because they've kind of forgotten what happens at different ages. And if they don't, it's because they're just kind of inferring from from popular media that d- depicts children. And I, I do feel like popular media has, has this weird thing where, like, like two- and three-year-olds are kind of rounded down to being, like, one-year-old. Or, like, oh, a three-year-old. And it's like, like we have a three-year-old, and uh, she could probably climb a tree like given the right tree, she can to- she understands really complex concepts. She's basically just like a person that gets distracted. Like she's basically like a grown up that gets distracted very like easily and can't always communicate things as as well as she wants. But like the, the, the distraction bit does sometimes play to our favor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we yeah. can sort of, uh, you know. We can sometimes transfer from a tr- in, from a tantrum to something else. Yeah, but like there's there's very few things I think that you could do with an eight year old that you couldn't also do for the most part with a three year old. Apart from like like physical things, like physical things are are different because they're you know they're smaller, they're they're not as like physically developed. But like they they grasp things like. We went mm-hmm. hiking recently, and, right. and we were talking about, like, okay, we're going to go to the forest, we're going to hike around the lake, and she understood that, and I was like, okay, you, like, you have to carry this, blah, 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 and she, she understood all of that. Like, or the um the night hike at the yeah. nature center, was she among the youngest? Yes, she was probably, yeah, she, she, I think she was the youngest that was there, okay. for the most part. Yeah, I think that that's stuff that most families don't. Yeah, but don't there's, there, there's, like there's no reason not to, like, like a three-year-old can do all that can can do a ton of stuff like she helped me we, we went camping recently and she helped me like build a fire like obviously i didn't have her like starting the fire but i showed her like go get these kinds of sticks and pick them up like she totally got that mm-hmm. um and uh so like with with media i think people have this concern I, i'm not really sure what, what, what people think is going to happen if they show their kid age inappropriate media or do something that's not age appropriate like it's not like they're gonna like you know, snap in two or like catch on fire or something. Like the worst thing I think is they they might pick up a bad word or like a behavior that you don't really want that they don't understand why it's why it's negative. Yeah, I do try to avoid things that have bad language because right now, you know, she she is at the age where she is absorbing mm. kind of language and actions, and um. And I do also try to avoid things that are like violent, that have like yeah, violence. yeah. Because I noticed after, um, even after we were watching like a recent um kids focus like game show from the early nineties, um, it's just kids running around doing challenges. But she was like wanting to like run around and jump on stuff, and at bedtime she was trying to like stand up on the bed, and, right? And so. I, um, kids don't understand the context around around actions so like yeah like they don't understand that like 
please don't like run and jump off of stuff in the house. And I, I'm always to your point about violence. I'm very sensitive to even like playful hitting mm -hmm. because kids don't understand what the difference is between like playful and not playful hitting. Yeah. So like if they see hitting, they're like, oh, like it's funny to hit people, haha. -ha. And they don't understand the difference between like a playful like like you know mm -hmm. pat on the arm yeah. versus like smacking someone in the face. Like they or, they don't get the nuance between those two things. Or like uh I think the other two things that are kind of like a, a line in the sand for me are uh, gore, like I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah. Um and weapons. But to kind of to the fact do the the one kid in her class that gives the super hard high fives. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, he, he high fives with the force of someone trying to like execute a, a spotted lantern fly, which is, which is the thing. And I did, uh, we were at, at we were at a, at a farm recently getting, getting ice cream as a reward for the hiking that I mentioned. And, um, so we're, we're in Pennsylvania and it's been all over the news lately that there's this, this, this incursion of these, uh, these accidentally imported invasive species, um, called spotted lantern flies. And they were, they were all over the farm. Um, and I did smash like a bunch of them for, for however much good it will do, which I'm, I'm guessing is probably not, not very much. I'm guessing there'll be some kind of, you know, agricultural engineering thing that will actually help more. But I didn't let her, I didn't let her see me doing that. Um, right. Because, because in general, we have the philosophy of bugs are good and yeah. we, we take bugs outside, we take spiders outside. And actually, more often than not, if there's a spider in the house, Kayla knows um, there's actually a spider in her room right now and, uh, it's up in the, it's up in, like in the corner ceiling and she was like, we're going to leave it, right? Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's, spider it's, it's doing its job. Yeah, and, that's right. And, that's that, right. and that's what we say. Like it's it, it, if it's there, it's doing something. Yeah. So, so yeah. we're going to leave it. You, you'd rather see the spider than the 10 insects that it ate anyway. Right. Exactly. And we have, uh, weirdly, I think because we just like leave the screen doors open for too long, but we somehow have flies in the house all the time. <laughs> I think our house is just not not very airtight. But um, so so we wanted to talk a little bit also about things that are not children's media and that some people might think are inappropriate or age inappropriate um, that we have converted into being uh, children's media. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think I think that music is a real easy one. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I know that you had a specific one in, in mind. Uh, yeah, I found this prog rock song on Spotify called Kayla and it's, um, it's actually kind of like a sad song about like a love story, but it has this like long chorus where they go, <laughs> Kayla, Kayla. And so Obviously, Kayla loves it because it's her name and it's in a song. And, and, and we can say, hey, Alexa, play this. And oh, sorry. It's unplugged. It's fine. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, so she really likes that one. And then we found one. Uh, our other daughter's name is Annabelle Lee. So we also play the Annabelle Lee song. And then by the Stevie Nicks. By Stevie Nicks. And then, she, oh, I didn't say the name of the band for the other one. It's Flying Colors. It's, yeah. And it's a, it's actually, it's like a prog rock super group with people from like Dream Theater and some, some other band. Um, and then the other night she requested us find a song uh, featuring our dog's name, which is Autumn. <laughs> so, so we're going to work on that. But, uh, I got the idea for that because I, um, was like named in part after a song, Denise by Randy and the Rainbows. Um, and I just wanted my girls to have something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing is that we, we listen to a lot of beach boys and Beatles and someone for Netflix took, uh, and they made an animated series called Beat Bugs using Beatles music. And I feel like that actually, that show actually like got Kayla super into Beatles. And whenever we yeah. would then listen to the Beatles music on, on, like on the Echo, she would be like, oh, it's Beat Bugs. Oh, it's Beat Bugs. Yay. Yeah. And I, so I was kind of against that show when we initially started watching it because the, the, the covers of it are kind of, like, it's, well, what they basically did was they got, each each episode they have like like a special guest musician um that that comes on and will like sing on the tracks and they don't really publicize it and like i i only noticed this when i was like looking it up um on like like i imdb that they have like a specific guest musician for 
like two or three songs in each episode. Um, and what's what's kind of weird about it though is that they they try to make up a story around like the lyrics of the Beatles song, um, but like so many Beatles songs have kind of like borderline nonsensical, like weirdly poetic lyrics, and they usually do like a very literal uh, interpretation of it. So they, um, what's that that one song, uh, Honey Pie, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the they made an episode literally about like a competition to make like the best honey pie, and it's like very literal, and which makes it kind of strange. And there's also there's a lot of like Beatles songs with, like passing like drug references where they they'll just kind of just like they'll but they'll basically do the the more professional version of me going <laughs> over over the the bad lyrics, where they'll just kind of like add in like a little musical interlude, just like skip a line out of the verse, or go like la 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 la. la. Yeah. So um, but. And- I did come around on, on that eventually, and, and like I, I do like that it got her. You know, it, she she likes the, the the regular Beatles songs now too. It's good, I think. Oh, um, so uh, another band that I kind of forced on her successfully, um, is uh, the Aquabats, the uh, the kind of superhero themed ska, uh, um, I think they're off. I think they're usually a quintet. I think. Um, and, uh, that worked out super well because most of their songs are written almost from like a kid's point of view. Like, um, the, the, the characters of the band are, are almost like a grown up version of like a Wiggles type band to begin with. Um, and like their first, their first album, most of the songs are about like being in grade school or like being a kid. And they, they have a song called Pizza Day. But they talk about like on Which different. We listen to pretty frequently. Yeah, because for a while we were doing pizza day on Fridays, and the whole thing of the song is like Friday was pizza day, the best day of the week, and it talks about the different meals they served in grade school and the different days. But like the Aquabats are not not a kids band, um, and like some of their songs are not really kid appropriate. Are hot dogs on Wednesday? Uh, Monday hot dogs, Tuesday oh. tacos. Wednesday, hamburgers and chocolate milk. Oh. Thursday, sloppy joes and burritos in a bag. Friday was pizza day, the best day of the uh. week. Yeah, I, I have that memorized now. <laughs> um, but what, what, what was awesome with that is um, the, the lead singer of the, 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 the Aquabats, whose name uh, I totally forget now. I remember his character as MC Bat Commander, um, <laughs> has done two other shows, uh, one of which is a kid's show that's more for older kids called the the aquabats um i think it's called the the aquabats super show that's kind of like a like a superhero comedy variety show for like nine to 12 year olds um but he also is one of the two people behind the show yo gabba gabba which is like an early childhood show and that she so, does really like. That she does really like. She calls it the Friendly Monster Show. My name is Denise, and I love to dance. Yeah, that's right, right. And they have, like, oh, this is a very kid-centric show. It's super cool. But what's neat about it is that they have grown-up bands come on and play kind of like kids' versions of, of stuff. And the the first musical guest, somewhat predictably, was the, the, the Aquabats. And when they came on, like, she knew who it was, even though she had engaged them mm-hmm. from their adult music. So I thought that worked out really well. And I think that that's kind of like a good template of what I look for in something that and, can be turned into and like that kids. is that is a really good show. Um, I what I like the most about the Yo Gabba Gabba show is how active it is and how interactive it yeah. is. Right. So and it's it's very it, it it does a good job of like wrapping like we we could totally do an episode on it at some point because they, they do a really good job of like wrapping things up nicely. Like they'll they'll have like like a little lesson in like two minutes where it's like oh. Uh, one of the characters was selfish and didn't want to share and then immediately learns that, oh, no, you should share. And then they sing a song about, like, sharing is good. We should share or something, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they dance it out. And, they, and they dance it out. And then they're all friends again. Um, but, like, I, I feel like part of the reason that she was into that was because we had been mm-hmm. like, check out this this music. Uh, and there's also this there is there are a bunch of like. I feel I have this theory that ska in general is kind of like kids music, even you know, even when it's yeah. not a a kind of kid themed <laughs> band, because it just sounds like kids music. Like this, it's, but um, I also uh, played when she was when Kayla was very young. Um, and this is a little bit tr- trickier with, with Annabelle because now we do have like this this age this age range in the house. Um, I played a fair bit of like heavy metal, like more upbeat heavy metal, 
Um, there is uh, there is a kids have heavy metal band uh, called Heavy Saurus that is I think they're a Swedish band and they wear like like Barney costumes and they play like he- heavy metal uh, songs about how like they came from the past and talk about like dinosaur facts and stuff and it's very kind of like theatrical heavy metal um, and I I feel like you can you can find ways to introduce grown up things. Or you can also just convert, like like the Beach Boys, you can convert something that's grown up appropriate, that's grown up music or grown up media into something that's that's kid appropriate. Uh, or, I mean, one of my favorite things to do is, um, like, if I am, you know, really hankering to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, I just mute the television and I put music on. Right, yeah in the living room because it's it's bright and colorful and it has people like dancing and singing and it it has a it has a really high entertainment value even if you can't hear like exactly what everyone is saying and um and our daughter gets a lot of enjoyment out of watching them like dance and put their makeup on and yeah and and the kids just like stuff they just like seeing stuff that's lively and there's things going on like I i feel like this whole concept this, this is me kind of undercutting the, the concept of the show, but, like, the whole notion of, like, children's media, outside of, like, yes, there are things that are pitched in a certain way to a very broad, like, childhood theme, um, or there are things that are like, oh, kids will like this. I feel like oftentimes it's marketing, but, uh, and then, uh, or, it, or it's educational. I, th- I think educational is a little bit different because there's specific outcomes that you're shooting for. Like, okay. You know, now they need to learn interpersonal skills and like emotions. And so you need to be like, make sure that you're modeling that and modeling stuff that's good because again, they won't understand the nuance. But outside of that, for just like, for just like entertainment, I feel like it's good to show them stuff um, that they might not get. I showed uh, Kayla um, Fantasia when she was like first being able to understand, like, like, understand that there was a tv show on and it was something that she could watch and i like this or i don't like this um and that's like i mean you know it's it's disney but i would say it's disney in like a more artistic mode where it's not necessarily mm-hmm. like one of them the kind of spooky one the night on bald mountain sequence is kind of s- scary um and uh but the, the overall thing she, she she liked it a lot even though it was not really like kids media and i think that's very enriching Mm -hmm. and i think that in general as parents you should not be trying to keep your kids in an age-appropriate box you should wherever possible be looking for an opportunity to expand their horizons and be like oh check this check this thing out um perfect example when i was like 13 or 14 um i was riding in the car with with my dad and uh we used to listen to like classic rock all, all the time um and a Clash song came on by the band, The Clash. I think it was Rock the Casbah. And he said, wait, listen to this song. I bet you'll like this band. And I did. And, and I still love The Clash. Uh, but he made an intentional effort to be like, wait, check this, check this band out. I think that you'll, you, will, you will enjoy this. And he presented me with something that he was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is like cool. This is good you know, media that that I like in some way, and I think this will enrich my child's experience. I think wherever possible, we look for opportunities to, to do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and actually, and we're, I think that uh, the next thing that we are often uh, doing that most people wouldn't necessarily do is we we take the kids with us wherever we end up going that day. So we mm-hmm. visit a lot of coffee houses or if we know that there's going to be a live music event somewhere um we'll we'll, we definitely take them um kayla has been to quite a few um places that were possibly more bar than restaurant um, yeah pretty much just like straight bar like i would call them a pub but we were going them (laughs) going there for like live music events because we knew she would like it (laughs) um or there was a a very specific time when the the things that she would readily eat included uh guacamole and wiggle noodles which is what we call uh like asian style noodles like lo mein Mm -hmm. or pad thai um and which are 
not normal things on, you know, kids' restaurant menus. So we were going to, you know, restaurants that, you know, didn't necessarily even have a kids' menu because most places that serve guacamole might not might not have a kids' menu. Um, so, anyways. Um, the the thing about like the the music in the pub was pretty funny though because it was it was like, like an Irish folk session um and uh it's 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 very it's very very Irish bar to the point that like they had some some like IRA posters on the wall in the background and like like I took this like very adorable video of like our daughter dancing and I was like I know there's IRA posters in the background a I don't care and b like I'm just not going to mention this and I doubt I doubt that anyone who who watches this cute video will will be looking that closely. <laughs> um, but uh, I I think that the the age range thing something that concerns me is the way that services like Netflix and Amazon Prime and so on reinforce that because they're very um they do two things one they break things down very granularly where they're like. This is one to age one to two. This is age two to three. This is age three to four. And like, if you go into like the kids media menu, they present all that stuff in like a very, especially Amazon does this where it like, they, they have like two or three year age um, windows. They suggest things. The other thing that makes me nervous is the way that their suggestion algorithms seem to work. Where like, if you watch a Disney princess show, for instance, right. it'll show you 20 other princess shows. Right. It's like a bottleneck effect where right, totally. it's, it's hard to branch out into something else. Um, I think that Netflix, when you go into the kids menu and you click trending, I feel like there's so much there that I wouldn't necessarily expect to be on the Netflix kid menu, like a Christmas prince. I don't consider that children's media. That's I mean, true. I, but also, I guess it's, you know, it doesn't have anything that's, like, actually really bad. So maybe, you know. I think that so, monarchy so, is so, bad. So maybe, <laughs> so maybe it falls under the uh, kid in a propes, a propes, like. Uh, yeah, and, like, like kids, kids, I think this is probably something that, that people um, hear about, like, young kids, but don't understand the extent of is just how strong their opinions are. Like, if they don't like something, they will very rudely tell you. Like, um, for the longest time, our older daughter's, like, favorite thing was to go, not this one, yeah. or I don't like this. And she would literally just sit there and, and like, you'd, you'd put on uh, some show and be like, do you want to watch this? And she'd watch it for, like, 25 seconds or so, and then do the thing like Jabba the Hutt does when he's displeased with his like throne room entertainment. He just hits a button and, and they fall off. That was basically what she wanted. It's just go, not this one. And then like, you know, you'd ask her, well, what do you want to watch? Just go, I don't want to watch this one. Yeah. So um, they tell you if they don't like it and they probably don't, they probably, they probably can't explain why they don't like it, yeah. but they know they don't. Or yeah. Or maybe they don't know why they don't like it. Um, I think that the, the, most important piece the most important takeaway for me at least is that moana banging on the drum trying to learn who she is is fiction mm -hmm. right um the way that we learn who we are is by exposing ourselves to lots of different things and i think that that is our most important role as parents, to expose them to different things. And, um... Yeah, you don't start off as, as being someone. You have to become the someone that you're going to be. And, and in terms of, like, your likes and dislikes and hobbies, like, part of... Yeah, absolutely, 100% agree. Part of your role as parent is to, is to be like, hey, you should try this thing, and, and know when to... Know when to encourage them not not to give up on something just because they they don't immediately take a fancy to it. Like I'm sure that this will come up eventually with like hobbies and musical instruments and stuff. But also know when they have you know reached a conclusion that like this is not for me, and to let them say that something is not for them. And mm -hmm. you know we we get stuck in ruts sometimes with 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 media. Like and yeah. I, but I'm sure that you know when she's seven, uh, our three year old won't be watching nothing but Dora the Explorer. Uh, <laughs> I also think that there's like 
something like weirdly magical about how children learn and absorb and experience the world and how that will eventually become a part of who they are and shape their personality later on. Like, I am a huge fan of Anne of Green Gables. I have the entire series and it was a gift from my gram and I read it I've read it dozens upon dozens upon dozens of times and I just feel like I don't know I don't know if I related to Anne because of who she was or because of who I was or or maybe because I've read those so those books so many times mm-hmm. she just became utterly and completely familiar to me yeah um yeah and I'm totally the same way. Like a lot of the stuff that there's, there's two distinct things that I can think of. Uh, I guess there's, there's three, but the other one was, was the clash story, which I already told. Uh, I am a huge uh, sci-fi fan. And a big part of that, I think comes down to, uh, you know, apart from just like star Wars being, being big in general when, when I was a kid. Um, But, and now obviously, duh, but uh, in terms of reading science fiction, was not really something I was especially into until uh, I went on the Star Tours ride at Disney World with my parents. Um, and uh, as we were coming out of that, you go through this like Star Wars gift shop. And my mom, very cannily, uh, without me really watching, bought a couple like Star Wars short stories slash like novel anthologies. Um, and when we got back to like the hotel room was like, Hey, you like star Wars, right? And that was a cool ride, right here. Check these out. They're, they're star Wars books. And I wound up spending like hours and hours and hours when I was like, like a preteen through like young teenager reading star Wars books. And then from there I branched out into, you know, like, like Robert Heinlein and like actual, you know, like more literary sci-fi and, and then, you know, I, I, for a long time, I would still and still sometimes do go back and read those like Star Wars books and some of them hold up, some of them don't, but it was an awesome gateway. And it was something that I was specifically like encouraged to check out that I wasn't necessarily into. Um, that wasn't something that was age, age inappropriate. Uh, but like that's helped shape, you know, who I am. And the other thing was that when I was probably too young, my dad, uh, let me rent, um, the movie Akira. Uh, which is an anime movie that has a lot of really wacky stuff that goes on. Like people turn into like blob monsters and it's like kind of violent. Um, and maybe I shouldn't have been allowed to watch that when I was as young as I was, but I did discover a whole new cool world of stuff that's still stuck with me. And, and Hey, I'm not, I'm not damaged. I'm, I'm totally normal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when I got the internet, when I was in high school, that was the first thing I remember Googling was like, Anne of Green Gables fan fiction. Wow. Yes. You went you went right to the source. Although, you know what? I did almost the same thing. One, <laughs> one of the first things that, that I did um on the internet was like Star Wars like 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 role play like ch- uh, chat room stuff where it was like I'm a starfighter pilot and it, it's all, you know, maybe that was less positive for for me because <laughs> that's that's definitely like well, even dorkier but whatever. Um our daughter whenever she sees her reflection in like a car door, <laughs> she always says it's the other Caleb <laughs> and it always makes me think of Anna Green Gables because she doesn't call it she doesn't call it like the other Anne or anything. She calls it something else. But um I just I don't know, it all it always makes me think of that. Anyways. So I think we pretty much covered our our closing thoughts, but yeah, don't don't put your kids in a box. Don't worry about if something you know you'll know if something is age inappropriate. Go with your gut, but like don't feel like you know you need to seek out precise mm-hmm. matches for like this is the media for them. Like you know, parenting is an exploration, and so is growing up. So let let them explore. Yeah, and uh. And also, if it's something that you can find enjoyment in as well, then embrace it. You know, um, I absolutely love and adore the web series uh, Bee and Puppycat. Oh, yeah. Look for it on YouTube if you have not watched it. It's very, like, sweet and cute, and it's just about a, a girl trying to figure it out. And 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 she has this um, this pet slash roommate that looks like a cat but smells like a dog ergo 
Its name is Puppy Cat. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna retract my like my like wrapping up because I want to talk for at least just 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 a couple just a couple minutes about about that show because it's I, I think it's it was what one of the, it was a thing we intended to talk about. So good <laughs> good job us. Um, but yeah yeah like like Denise said it's it's this so the the show I would say is probably pitched to like uh teenager through like young adult probably and it's very yeah. much of that like Steven Universe Adventure Time like um transitional cartoon where it's like halfway it's like it's kind of kid styled but it's also kind of like intentionally retro um it has a lot of it has a lot of like stylistic similarity to like like anime and like manga um Uh, and it it also has like fairy tale kind of like storylines and i don't know it's just but the jokes and gimmicks are like kind of adult at times not in the not in like a negative or dark way just kind Mm -hmm. of like like a recurring gag is about how like she can't find a job. Right. Um, or um there's I think that there's like one incidence where there's a crab and the crab is like obsessed with cleavage and so it's always oh, yeah. looking for cleavage. But because the crab is an animal, whenever it's talking, the words are like captioned on the screen because the crab is just making a sound, but then it captions it so that you know that like that's what the crab is trying to say. Yeah. There is one really deeply sad part where the one character like sings the song about where like oh. jellyfish came from. Yeah. Um and like it's it's got this kind of like very sad like acoustic song over it and it's it's shown in this very interestingly stylized like white on black um like kind of sketch design. Uh, and it's told as this like tragic love story about like this is where jellyfish came from, and um, our daughter loved it. Our older daughter loved yeah. it when she first saw it, um, and then she's kind of obliquely referenced it when we've seen jellyfish related stuff, and right. she'll mention because, like, oh, the octopus turned into the jellyfish, right? Like, well, there and there's a part where you know the 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 girl that's in the scene she cuts part of her hair off and ties it in such a way so that it looks like an octopus so that the octopus now has a friend and like um so one time she was like well when we cut my hair we'll make an octopus and i was like i don't know oh yeah hair for that but maybe <laughs> but it's definitely that that that's that's a perfect example of a, of a show that's like not it's it's not it's probably not kid appropriate quote unquote but um, I think it's but, fine. But like, it doesn't hit the. It doesn't hit my four nopes yeah. for making it inappropriate. Yeah. Right. So. Um, there so is I, one part where she like fights someone with like fights like a monster with a knife that's a little bit scary, as oh, I it's, recall. It's a sword. A sword. That's right. That's right. Because um, the the one character says, uh, "Use the sword." And she kind of like she kind of like like hits someone over the head or, or hits this monster like over the head with it, and the the other character says, "No, use the sword like a sword," right. and then and then she stabs it. That's yeah. a, like the most famous line of the entire series is "Use the sword like a sword." Yeah, um, but yeah, and and so like even like I feel like even stuff like that, like I feel like it doesn't make enough of an impression. Like I don't think she's gonna go around it, trying to stab stuff now with the sword. Yeah. The the whole entire Bee and Puppy Cat series is only about like ninety or a hundred minutes long, so yeah. it's it's basically like a film. So we definitely have opted to watch that um, instead of yeah, you know something else. Yeah, um, because we just basically call it the Bee and Puppy Cat movie. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it basically is, but. but. Um, but uh, I really like it. They also have comic books, and and we've talked before about just uh, graphic novels and stuff with her. Um, I have a, a one graphic novel that I've gone through with her, um, which was Fables before it got gory and raunchy. It, <laughs> it it definitely has bad words in it, but we just don't. Yeah, they can't read yet. That's the best part. You can just skip over the stuff. They'll never know. Well, until later, then they might know. Right. Or you can redact it the way um, uh, copyright Denise's redacting tools. So. Yeah. But we use like black tape or is it, is it or like right on tape? Is that no, what it is? No, I usually use either Sharpie marker or washi tape. Yeah. The, uh, this, 
this this came up in an unreleased episode, which um about bedtime reading, but but yeah, especially like re- like religious books that just have not like the book is religious, but like they'll have like one like religious line. We'll just kind of yeah. like cover that up and and make up an alternate rhyme and just kind of pencil it in there or marker um, it in there. We were also given a book that uses words that you would describe to uh food items that you were eating for baby's body parts and so i just um i re- i heavily redacted that book because i just think that uh baby's tummies are not yummy yeah and yeah, i think that yeah. baby's knees are not scrumptious and i think that baby's booties are not uh some word that rhymes with booties but like so so yeah i don't i don't like uh yeah I don't yeah i don't like equating oh cutie probably no uh. that, i wouldn't be offended if someone said that a, a baby booty was cutie right no, that's yeah. true yeah i i i take offense i guess to using like words for like like delectable and yummy and yeah. I don't scrumptious. Like, I don't like yummy in general. That's just a gross word. For for describing body parts, especially on babies. It just it felt icky to me. Yeah. So so I heavily redacted that one. And that one I actually used Sharpie marker, but then I put clear tape over it because mm. the pages were like uh like laminated. Yeah. So I didn't want it to rub off. And that's that's children's media that was designed to be appropriate that we decided was not appropriate and so we we made it we made it appropriate and we could have just donated it yeah but i decided to redact it because for a little while she really liked that yeah um (laughs) you know i i think uh one last thing that i'll throw out um is uh there are and this 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 will probably be an episode topic at some point is uh there's media where a big chunk of it is fine, and especially older media. There'll be one chunk that is, shall we say, very racist, um, yes. like uh, Peter Pan, um, the Disney movie Peter Pan. Um, if you haven't watched it recently, you may not be remembering uh, just how many incredibly offensive uh, Native American stereotypes there are. There is a lot of it. It's actually probably about a third of the total running time of the movie. So when we watched that, which is rare. We really only watched it like once or twice. We just sit there with we the fast forward button, and we're like, "No, no, no! Forward. We're just gonna cut out this whole this whole plot line." Oh, look over there! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing we've been looking was we've been looking for more spooky media to 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 consume in the home. Um, we found a couple of classic like classic compilations or something that we watched oh yeah and there were some incredibly problematic every single like one the, of those would old. you say that those were like from like the 30s and 40s like they were they were quite old. yeah they're they're like the max fleischer style ca- cartoons from like like yeah like the, the the 20s and 30s and almost all of them have like a jazz band slash like a minstrel show segment which is like super racist um and like even the part, like there's even parts where it's like, like it's there, there's ones that are like, just outright offensive racist stereotypes, and then there's ones where like you can tell that they're trying to be like friendly racist, like oh like you know we're, we're yeah. trying to do a less hurtful job, and it's like no it's still it's still pretty racist, but um so there's other there's other reasons other reasons that things might not be appropriate, but in general it's not because of the age, it's just because so, of, it's because of the content. So maybe we have five five nopes. Because I'm going to add racism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. <sighs> well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, keep an eye out for more uh, Spooktober, um, spook, spookiness, uh, harvest festival, witch time, um, skeleton zone stuff coming up. Uh, and uh, keep an eye out for future episodes. Yeah, enjoy those mellow cream days. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>